Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Squad Podcast. Today I'm joined by former Hibs Kilmarnock Finland and Dundee United manager Mitsu Patalainen. We discuss Mitsu's first season in management where he won Division 3 with Cowden Beef, his famous touchline burst up with Walter Smith when he was a Hibs manager, guiding Kilmarnock to a top 6 finish, managing his home country Finland, his spell as Dundee United manager and what he may have done differently looking back on it, and his current role at UEFA, all this and so much more. We kick off the show discussing if Mitch's plan always was to become a manager after his playing career. When I was, I got 30 years of age and um, I thought that, uh, what, you know, I can't play forever, so what shall I do after? Um, I contemplated going uh, into my, my father's businesses, uh, obviously away from football altogether, but then I said to myself, that, uh, why throw all that playing experience away and... Uh, um, and and do something else. So so I started doing coaching courses. Um, I was um, um, playing for Wolves um, down south, and uh, I did the UFB license uh, while I was playing there. And then um, then I carried on from there. So um, I I just thought that uh, you know let's give it a chance. I do the coaching courses, um, and then if the opportunity arises, then uh, I've got the licenses and and ready to go. So so um, and uh, and. To be honest, never look back. I've been very fortunate uh, to get opportunities um, working with wonderful people and uh, and wonderful clubs and players. Uh, so so it's um, it's been it's been great. Um, you know, I can can knock it at all. And then, so also when you first started out, who were some of the managers that you reached out to for advice? Well, there were, there's been quite a few actually. Um, first of all, my father has always been. Um, uh, the background. Um, he used to play. He played for Finland. He was a captain of Finland. Then he coached in Finland, uh, only in Finland, uh, in the domestic Premier League. Um, but um, you know, he's he's been there always um, as a as a mentor, as a as a you know asking questions and bounce back ideas, stuff like that. But then then um, as I went on my career, I uh, I've uh, I turned to managers, um, and my ex managers, asking advice. For example, when I when I got the offer to join Cowden Beath uh, from San Mirren, uh, Cowden Beath as a manager, uh, then um, I wasn't sure because Cowden Beath was a part-time club. So I wasn't sure whether whether players would, because um, I knew I would, would have been demanding uh, professionalism and, and everything doing right and, and, and that. So, um, so I phoned um, Greg Levine, who had started uh, um, at Cowden Beath. Uh, his his management career. Then he moved on to Hearts very very shortly after that. So uh, Greg said that uh, it's a f- wonderful club and wonderful chairman, uh, Gordon McDougall. Um, you don't get a better chairman. He does everything for you. If you give him hundred percent, you you'll get two hundred percent back. So I said, fair enough. That's brilliant. And and the club he said is well organized and all that. So there's no hesitation. Then I phoned Alec McLeish as well. I said that uh, should I wait because uh, I had never been a part time player. Uh, part-time coach uh, uh, before or part-time involved with part-time football. So um, so I phoned um, Alec and uh, I asked him that um, should I wait for a full-time club, maybe maybe first division club, those days, uh, nowadays a uh, championship club um, or something like that, or or should I go for it? What's his opinion? He said that to me, so if you trust yourself, um, go there, uh, put your things you know, in, in practice, uh, with, your, with your thinking, and uh, and if you could, you know, you'll you'll get an opportunity to, to go forward from there. So um, I was very lucky we won the league, and uh, and I moved to the, to the full time club in Finland. Um, quite quite funny, uh, but um, all in all, it, it it turned out so well. So you won the league with Cowden Beef on goal difference. Tell me what that day was like for yourself and the team. Well, uh, it was a it, it was a absolutely brilliant occasion. Um, uh, Central Park, Garden Beath, full full house. Um, it was it was even um, in Garden Beath terms, um, and um, and it, we played well. Uh, we knew that if we won the game, uh, we would be the champions, and uh, obviously approached every game very positively, and uh, and that was uh, uh, also the case for that match. And uh, and luckily we won the game and uh, and uh, lifted the trophy and won the title. Uh, first was it. 67 years or whatever uh, yeah. for Cowden Beath, but so it was it was a wonderful day. Uh, the Prime Minister Gordon Brown was there, and uh, and uh, oh, it was a it was a great day. It was a happy happy memories. And then obviously you went to Finland. What did you learn in your experience there? Because I know you were there for one season, but what did yeah. you learn the most during your time there? Well, it was a 
it was a club that um, I knew it was a big club in in Finnish terms, um, uh, but uh, <clears throat> it had been like a like a sleeping giant, if you like. Um, they hadn't been doing well in recent years. Um, 30, 40 years ago, they they were one of the top clubs in Finland and and doing really well. Um, they had gone down divisions and stuff like that. And then um, and then there was a change of owner, and he had uh, plans to to uh, revive the club and go go for the for the challenge for the title and uh, top end Finnish Premier League. And uh, they contacted um, um, Beat and myself, and uh, and I knew the the managing director. They had played with him national team, um, so. Um, so I joined them. Uh, it was a it was a great season. Uh, we, we were third in the league. Uh, we got to Europe, which was um, fantastic. Uh, and uh, and then uh, then obviously uh, uh, possibly because of that, uh, you know, everything went well there. Um, and uh, then um, Hips contacted uh, um, TPS, the Finnish club, and uh, and uh, obviously uh, once once Hips came came in the picture, you know, there was only one address I wanted to go. Yeah, so obviously that must have been like a no-brainer because you played perhaps during your career as well, and obviously you had fond memories there. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was twice at Hips as a player, um, and uh, and um, I had fond memories, fantastic relationship with the supporters, um, special memories, you know, beating hard six two, um, and and numerous occasions. Uh, it was it was it was great time, uh, wonderful, and I I felt really. Uh, warm to was Hips and uh, and um, like I said, um, as soon as I heard that um, Hips had approached the club um, TPS in Finland, uh, I said I I'd like to speak to them. You know, I'd like to give it a chance. And uh, and uh, thankfully, it materialized. Although it was very early in my career, as as you hear, it's uh, it was probably third year uh, in my career, and uh, um, and I was still trying a lot of things. My time at Hips and uh, it was possibly possibly too early in my career. If you can say that, you can never knock back any opportunity like that. But um, um, yeah, um, it was then, and, um, and and I learned a lot, you know, um, doing things. And uh, but one one thing's for sure: if I was a Hips manager today, I would do things differently. That's for sure. And there's one thing I've been dying to ask you about, Mixu, is uh, your famous uh, your famous bust up with Walter Smith on the touchline. Can you, talk, <laughs> can you talk me through what actually happened? It was um, we had the ball, um, we built the ball, um, the game up uh, from the back, and uh, our fullback got the ball in the white, and, and Nacho Novo um, came from inside as a striker and, and challenged him really, really um, heavily and late. Uh, so I wanted uh, my player not to react because it was it was it was very very strong tackle um, and late. So um, I jumped off my seat, went right to the edge of the the, the technical area, and shouted to my player that uh, don't react, don't react, don't react. You know, I said he's he's gonna get red card. Don't you react? You know, um, to that and uh, and then um, then I turned away. And I saw Walter Smith standing right behind me and shouting. Obviously, Ibrox was uh, was really loud, and uh, and um, because of that incident, and and and, and anyway, um, so I turned. Walter was there. I said, "What are you doing there?" You know, and uh, you know, GTF, go back to your seat, go back to your technical area, and um, you know, I couldn't hear anything. You know, the the noise was so so fantastic. And then, um, then he went back back there. He was he was uh, thrown to the to the stand. Uh, I carried on. Obviously, I stayed in my my technical area and, and that, but uh, carried on uh, in a dugout. But uh, oh, it was unbelievable. Then after the match, you know, tradition that um, that the visiting team, coaching staff, manager, and and the coaches they they go to the to the home team's manager's office yeah. uh, for a chat, uh, for a coke or beer or whatever, and have a have a chat, you know, about. Uh, because we we're all in it together, and the same job and same challenges, um, and obviously different caliber. But um, anyway, so I was like, oh no, oh no! I just had that confrontation uh, in the match, and uh, and I went, I opened the door a little bit, and uh, and I, I picked, you know, put my head in there and picked, and uh, Walter was uh, behind his desk, and he saw me, and he said, "Big man, come in, come in," and he started walking towards me, and he he hugged me and said, "Sorry, I'm sorry. I should know better this age. 
And uh, you know, I'm 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 so sorry about my behavior. He he was apologizing. I apologized to him because I told him to GTF, and um, and stuff like that. And then we had a glass of wine and uh, had a good chat afterwards, and uh, and good laugh as well. It was great. That's good. That's good to hear. And obviously, you had a great relationship with Walter after that. Oh, I, I, absolutely a wonderful, He's a legend, a wonderful man, and, uh, always very very helpful uh, to his young coaches. He was um, uh, what a wonderful wonderful man. And obviously, him as a manager, was he very tough to play against? I can imagine he was. Of course. I absolutely. Tactically, very, very um, astute. Um, you know, his, his experience and his successes and everything, you know, they, they speak to themselves. But uh, but uh, it's it was always, uh, you know, very tough to play against against Rangers uh, when Walter was behind. And uh, during your time at Hibs, who were some of the big characters in the dressing room? At Hibs? Yes, at Hibs, yeah. Oh, we had uh, obviously we had uh, um, Fletcher, um, we had Stephen Fletcher. We had uh, Derek Ryordan. We had uh, um, Sol Bamba. Gary um, O'Connor there at that time as well. Gary O'Connor wasn't there. No, no, he was away. Um, and uh, um, we had uh, we had some some strong characters um, in the dressing room and uh, and and that, but. Uh, uh, not too much experience. Um, we we like that a little bit, uh, but uh, wonderful players and and players who later you know had a had a fantastic career like like Saul Pampas and Stephen Fletcher's and 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 then the rest, a um, couple of English boys as well and uh, and and, and Mick a couple of foreigners. But uh, no, it was a it was a good relationship. Obviously, Zemama and uh, Benjamin, the the Moroccan boys, you know, they were always uh, very colourful, you know, with their with their antics. So how would you look back at your time as Hibs manager? Um, it was very early in my career, and uh, I was I was trying too much. I was um, changing the formation, changing the the, the roles uh, for players in their in their positions, and and too much changing um, instead of uh, keeping it relatively steady. A uh, little tweak and there, and improve and develop. You know the the roles and the the jobs. You know how the players play. Um, and that that would have been better. Uh, but um, I, I'm still uh, developing fast, and um, and it, like I said, it was early in my career, and uh, I tried. But um, um, all in all, um, you know, fantastic opportunity. And like I said, I had a very warm uh, connection to the club, and uh, and to be asked to be a manager there, you know, you you don't say no, you can't say no, and uh, and uh, like I said. Afterwards, I can say I learned massively during that year, but uh, I would I would do things uh, differently now. And uh, after a year out of the game, uh, Mixu, you were appointed as uh, the manager of Kilmarnock, where you guided Kelly to a fifth-place finish, and you won the Scottish Football Writers Manager of the Year award. Would you say that was your best season as a manager? Yes, yes. And it um, it was because, I'll give a little bit of background to that, Um after I left Hibs, uh, I had a year out the game, um, and uh, and I travelled a lot. Um, I was a lot down south in England, um, visiting clubs, visiting managers. Really, um, I pinpointed what that manager is good at. Uh, go and see how he does. Um, you know, see the training session, have lunch with the manager, talk. You know, asking questions, uh, how they do specific things. I was abroad a lot. I was in Spain. I was in Portugal. I was in Holland, Germany, Sweden, um, many countries. Um, and uh, I was kind of, I wanted to find my own way. I was always, um, my hips time, um, I thought that we should more tactical work because the game is so tactical. Um, and uh, and I, I went around Europe um, and, and Britain and I found that uh, top managers, they yes, they they give players chance to breathe and enjoy training. It's not just their shape, 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 and tactical. But every training session has element of of tactics. How team, how players in their positions can play better in the next game, um, and how they should play. So um, I took that to Kilmarnock. Um, that um, I didn't want to waste one day that there was no tactical element. In the in 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 the uh, menu, if you like, so 
So uh, it might have been a tactical meeting in the afternoon. It might have been, um, you know, um, hard session, physically hard session in the morning, and then then um, video meeting in the afternoon and and show how we can do better and stuff like that. It's not only only field, um, but uh, yeah, and that that worked well, and players enjoyed that. Um, but like I said, it's, it it can't be like you know shape shape and tactics and eleven v eleven all the time and boring and standing and coaching coaches coaching no not like that all the time yes some of that as well but uh, but uh, so uh, it has to be enjoyable so what I what I say that uh, you know throw away fiber side throw away boxes um, um, you know there and uh, and some fun element um, you know I call them mental holidays. And then you go back in again. So just the mixing the, those two that keeps the players fresh, keeps them enjoying. Um, and, and of course, players understand in today's football, they understand also that uh, you need to do that tactical work as well. You can't just have a fiber-side every day and, and passing drills without direction, without positions. You know, you have to have a purpose. Hey, I interviewed Cammy Bell a couple of weeks ago and he was singing your praises and he was saying he loved your oh, training you. sessions and he was saying that any time he would get the ball and if you if he did not pass it out from if he didn't pass it out, you would go, you would just scream at him and go mental because you were when you came in, he was saying it was so different, it was unique because back then teams didn't play out the back, play out from the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Cammy was great. It was fantastic for us. Uh, you know, what a, what a fantastic goalkeeper. But yes, I I want to want to play passing football. Um, uh, it's in my my um, playing philosophy. Um, and um, and if the goalkeeper launches it forward, and if you, well, fair enough. If you have that uh, you know big cycle up front who wins every header, you might as well use it. You know, especially especially if the if the opponent uh, high presses you very strongly, you use that. But um, in principle, yes, I want to pass it from the back, and uh, I want to be, I want goalkeeper to be part of that and keep make that extra man very, very important um, in order to to build up the game and 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 then when you build it up from the back, the the game is in control. If you kick it high up, it's it's in no man's land. Who wins it? Who gets the second ball? What happens after that? And very often, opponent wins that ball. So. The, the, the game is not under control, but if you play from the back and systematically and players know the movement and the, where they should pass next, then then um, there's a structure. And then you're in the game all the time. You have the ball, you play, and, and players enjoy that. Players enjoy the passing game. So. And uh, Kenny Shields was your assistant manager at Kilmarnock. Have you got any brilliant Kenny Shields stories? Because he was a character. Oh, he, was a, he was a character. And a, oh, he's a character and a half. Um, fantastic. He was a... He was a head of youth at uh, Chanmure Rovers at the time when I when I got the Kili job and uh, and I had um, uh, during my time with Hibs and and before uh, my scouting trips uh, down south and uh, we got to know each other because um, he he used to come to what's training at Hibs uh, because Dean Shields his son played played for us and uh, and we started talking and 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 like I said when I went down south to for the scouting trip you know I I phoned him can he fancy coming the game and we would carry on talking so so when I when I got the Kili job I thought that, um, you know he would be fantastic uh, um, assistant manager because uh, you know we shared more or less the same kind of uh, philosophies and um, and it materialized it was it was great but. Uh, Let's leave the crazy stories behind, you know that. Um, and but uh, no, he's a, he's the character. He's he's fantastic. He's a. It was really really good to work with Kenny. And then you left Kilmarnock um, to join Finland. Obviously, your home country. That must have been a very proud moment for yourself and the family. Yeah, it was, but it was difficult um, because everything went so well at Kili. Um, um, I loved it. Um, players loved it. Um, and they said it so many times uh, to me, um, and uh, supporters enjoyed the the style of play. Um, we were successful in our our terms. Um, obviously, when I joined, uh, they had just survived the Premier League with the playoff uh, after the playoff. So, so um, to get in the top six was a was a was a major was a great achievement. Um, so uh, then then Finland approached the club. Um, and uh, asking the permission to talk to me. And uh, obviously, I'm a very patriotic fan, and I had a chance to play 70 times for Finland, uh, being a captain as well. Um, and, you know, very, 
proud, you know, for that. Never mind being being a head coach of Finland, you know. And when once um, you get that opportunity, it's it's again it's impossible to say no. Um, and uh, although everything was was great at Kilmarnock, it wasn't that I was looking to go somewhere else. Um, I was I was really motivated to improve Kilmarnock furthermore. Uh, but um, the opportunity came came about, and uh, and um, I went there. And how did you find the transition from being a club manager to being an international manager? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Uh, it's different uh, because national team the time is so limited. <clears throat> but also, also um, when I when I joined Finland, um, you know, I was used to everyday training session, every, meetings, blah blah blah, all the time on the go. And uh, when I when I joined the Finnish FA as a head coach, um, you know, no training sessions, you know, going to office. Uh, the match is in uh, one month's time or two months' time. Um, you're watching watching lots of games, loads of videos, uh, opponents, um, our own players, uh, domestic league, um, and uh, so you're a coach, but you're not coaching. You know, if if you know what I mean. So I was like that. Do I like this? Because I I love training ground. I love being on the training ground with the players and and help them to play better, and uh, so so um, then then obviously when the matches come, you know you you play against the best players in certain country. You know they're always high quality matches, and uh, you know mistake you get punished and and uh, and that preparation training wise you have those couple of days full days two full days basically sometimes only one. Uh, because the players come in different conditions, uh, you know, when you meet up, uh, you meet up on Monday, uh, international week. So some have played on Sunday, they need a recovery um, training session on Monday. Some have played on Saturday, some had knocks, some are injured, some not played at all. They need a little bit more to move their legs. So they come in different uh, conditions in, in, in the, the, the squad. So, um, and then um, then if the match is on Thursday, then um, you you have Tuesday training session. Then Wednesday training session at the stadium is only one hour training session, and you don't want to do too much tactics on Wednesday because uh, um, fear of the cameras. You know, especially when you're away. Well, when you're away, and uh, so so it's 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 kind of um, you have to prioritize really really heavily what you do, what's the message to the players, what we do, and all that, and of of course the meetings. Um, are very very important key. Yeah, and obviously being an international manager, like I can imagine where if you have a bad result, then obviously if you're a club manager, the next week or you can right the wrongs of that. But in international management, if you get a bad result, you might not see the players for another two months. So it's like I can imagine that's very difficult. You lick your wounds two months. Um, if if you if you have a bad November, you lick your wounds till March. You know, it's um, it's it's a long time. Because uh, you want to get back on, you know, on the winning ways and do well and all that, and uh, sometimes you know that that weight is uh, is agony. But uh, it's part and parcel of the job and uh, and that. But uh, basically, the the way I am, uh, once I've analysed the match um, myself, look deep into it, and given every player individual feedback from the game uh, through video uh, clips, then you're at ease. Then you know what's actually 100% happened in the game. Then you know that you have um, uh, given the players the information from that match. What went right and what went wrong? Uh, how, how can we improve? And what we must do in the future again? So, so once you've done that, you, you're fine. And then you start building towards the next one. Um, and uh, that's, that's the way I, I feel anyway. Uh, everybody's different, but um, um, I think it, that analysis and uh, the feedback to the players is is very very important. Yeah, but overall, how would you look back at your time managing Finland? Loved it, great honour, great honour. Um, I remember when I was a player, um, captain Olympic Stadium in Finland. We played France. Um, when the national anthem came, I started crying. You know, it was so emotional. Uh, the same feeling came when I was first time the Finland manager. Now I'm I'm the head coach, uh, you know, and 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 emotions just just come come out. This you know you can't do anything about it. I remember being a player, you know, I, I wanted to put the opponents in a half, you know, um, under pressure and 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 fight and be a fighter on the pitch and and give everything. 
And then that's me there, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a tear coming. You know, I, I said to myself, come on, behave. You're supposed to be the fighter, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. But uh, no, it's, um, it's natural. But uh, so um, it, was a, it was a wonderful moment and, uh, and great honour to, to manage your own country. And then in 2015, you took charge of Dundee United. Obviously, you're a legend at that club, but unfortunately, the club got relegated that season. Uh, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently? It was very difficult. Um, possibly, when we talk about tactics, uh, possibly put more emphasis on defending solid and not to concede so many. We conceded too many goals. We played good football, not beginning with. Um, when I joined the club, um, Dundee United, uh, uh, previous season, they had sold so many players, 13, 14 good players um, in England, Europe, um, old firm. So it was a, it was a rebuilding uh, job. Um, and hence, there was a change of management because, uh, because the team... Um, didn't play as well as the as the previous high quality team with those players, so um, unfortunately, and uh, the player budget was full. Um, I remember first couple of matches we played really bad. We we couldn't put two passes together. It was it was horrendous. And then um, we went to the international window. Normally, you give the boys uh, three four days off. Some some managers give even more. Um, we did. I think we had one day off. And we had double sessions and we drummed in, you know, the tactics, you know, how we wanted to play and all that and change the formation and all that. Um, like I said, the, the, the player budget was full. Uh, there was a little bit of room, you know, but not much. And then uh, then the once the international window was over and we started playing again, big change. We started to pass the ball. We started to dominate the matches. And I said, brilliant. You know, the boys are buying this. Uh, fantastic. And we played well. Uh, we create chances. We didn't score uh, too much. Not enough from the chances we, we created. And uh, um, Gordon Young, who was my assistant, um, I think he said that, uh, was, it, was it 13 matches? We took the lead in the game first. And we lost the game. So, yes, learning point from that, Possibly is that uh, once you once you went one nil up, close the shot, defend, block, boom, you know, um, and that and kill the game. Uh, a little bit Italian tactics, you know, um, they are the masters of it. Um, but we we just went forward and wanted to score more goals. So perhaps a little bit too positive, uh, if you if you if you know what I mean. I want to be positive. I want to be attacking. I want to be expansive, not stupidly. Always looking after balance, you know, what if and when we lose the ball. But um, um, that's just in my nature. But there's places and situations where you have to um, throw away your your philosophy and do things differently in order to get the results and perhaps uh, survive. But um, um, it, it was, and it, again, it was fantastic and, and a great honour um, uh, to be the manager of Dundee United. I had played there almost five years. Um, again, fantastic relation with, relationship with the fans. Um, and um, it, was, it, was a, it was a great opportunity, but uh, it was difficult. Uh, and then, then the January window, uh, the chairman decided to sell uh, two key defenders as well. That didn't help our defending at all. Um, and I mean key with the capital letters. So... Um, to get some money, uh, which 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 I didn't agree with, but uh, but um, that's the way it goes, and uh, it was it was unfortunate. Uh, even the match that um, we got relegated um, um, was at Dens Park, uh, of all the places, and uh, and uh, we played well. We totally dominated that game, and uh, we lost it two one. Was it? Uh, so I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it, but it was one of them. Um, um, you you look back and you try and learn, and you learn. Um, and um, to to develop as a manager, as a coach, um, I suppose as a human being, you need to be in many places. 
You need to fight against relocation. And sometimes you're not successful. Uh, you'll learn a lot from that. Sometimes you are successful avoiding relocation. Sometimes you fight for the top six. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Why did you, why did you not get it? Uh, sometimes you, you fight for European place or title. Um, and so, so when you once you have been in different situations, you learn so much. And uh, and uh, I take I take that from that Dundee United. Of of course, it was disappointment. So in 2018, you went over to manage in Thailand. Tell me what that experience was like. Very interesting um, chance, if you like, opportunity to work in totally different culture, different uh, way of doing things in Europe. Um, in Britain, but um, um, the how the owners, the presidents, are in that country is amazing. You know, they 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 run the show one hundred and one percent. For example, we practice every day how we want to play in the weekend. Okay, every day we have a you know um, um, idea, and then then we go to the hotel. We, we recap. We have a meeting uh, lunchtime in, in the evening match. Uh, lunchtime we have a have a meeting. We recap everything. Boom, boom, boom. Make sure we do that. Blah, 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 blah. The boys go. In, then we go to the dressing room. I'm whispering the boys. Remember that your role is this and all that. Then they go for a warm up. Then they come back from the warm up. The president come. The president come, comes to the to the dressing room, and he goes through every player he did. He went through every player, and telling. How they should play, and these type, yeah, these type players are wonderful to work with, and they do exactly, you know, what you ask them to do, uh, or try and do. They're they're wonderful, and and then when the president comes, and they know the president is uh, is the top man, and if the president says something, that's it. So I was like that. No, I asked the translator, "What's he saying? What's he saying to that player? What's he saying to that player? What's he saying to that player?" He's he's telling them how to play. I said, "No, no, we we've done all week, you know this this sort of stuff, um, and 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 preparing players for the match, and uh, and then um, the players are you know the president, you know they they are they're, they're wonderful, they're wonderful to work with. But uh, so I was I was fuming first month. I was fuming. Here we go again. You know, blah blah blah, and he's a president, of course, he's the top man. And then, uh, then there's a then the next two months, I was just, you know, amused. Here we go again. And then I started looking. No, I can't, I can't uh, handle this anymore. And uh, thankfully, I got a, got a chance to go to Latvia. Hmm. But I signed a short term contract uh, until until the end of the year, and uh, and that. But after that, I I went to Hong Kong. Hong Kong was. Uh, was a great experience again, different, totally different. Um, so, but that was a COVID time and that was the social unrest. I signed um, um, in April and in June, the social unrest, remember when the, when the Chinese, um, uh, China started to yes. squeeze the rules over there and all that. Yes. Um, and uh, and people started protesting on the streets. So so my mates started calling me, Mix, what are you doing there? You've been there a couple of months and people are on the streets. What are you doing? They're burning cars and, you know, the riots. Are... And I said, mm, oh, oh, well. And uh, so so that, 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 made, that made it a little bit difficult because uh, not all the matches were played. Uh, we couldn't play any friendlies um, and that. And then, uh, then the COVID hit as well. So, so um, Hong Kong, obviously... Very very strict with the with the COVID rules. Uh, we couldn't train. Uh, domestic league was uh, was put on hold, and all that. And and it was it was difficult. Um, then then we played the final qualifiers uh, in the bubble in Bahrain, um, and uh, I couldn't even get the best players who played in China. Couldn't get them in uh, because of the COVID rules uh, in China and all that. So. So it, it was it was difficult, but uh, all in all, um, great experience again. Living in Hong Kong two and a half years, um, you know, trying to improve things over there and uh, and uh, making loads of friends and and going to the training sessions. Um, you know, I had a fantastic relationship with the coaches, uh, club coaches in the Hong Kong Premier League, um, and uh, have a you know, almost like a almost like a mentor, but uh, you know, just bounce back ideas. Obviously, 
national team players are playing there, and then uh, the the club coach would say, "How would you how would you do this and how would you do that?" And it was great. It was a uh, it was it, it was good time again, but uh, but the COVID, you know, um, obviously I ruined it quite a lot. And uh, your last job uh, in football with uh, Mixu was with uh, HIFK, who are now dissolved now. Um, yeah. What was that club like when you went there? Was it was it in a bad way at the time as well? The club, the club um, used to be. Uh, they they won titles um, in the seventies sixties was the was the heydays. Um, it's the 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 biggest club in Finland uh, when you look at the whole club, you know all the sports and everything. It's a big family. And if if you if you talk about sleeping giant, that is a sleeping giant. So what happened there? Last 20, 30 years, they haven't done financially well at all. Almost after every season, they are nearly bankrupt. They had been. Then then um, um two years ago, November, the the they had a new owner. Um and uh, and then um uh, they had a Portuguese coach. Uh, they didn't start the season well. Uh, the squad wasn't simply good enough. Um, and then, um, um, and what I heard, the preparation winter months, you know, uh, probably wasn't up to the standard. But anyway, uh, who am I to criticize? And then, then um, my friend, who was the, one of the directors at the club, phoned me. They sacked the coach, the, the Portuguese coach. And then uh, my friend phoned me and they said, that Mixo, so would you be interested? We we have a new owner um, and uh, we need somebody who uh, who is a developer, who, who really looks after all aspects and develops the team, develops the players individually and, and gets, gets the team and the club um, forward. Um, and I said, what about finances? He said, well, speak to the owner. Um, you know, you get the picture there. I spoke to the owner. The owner said that uh, said to me that uh, don't worry about the money. Um, finances are sorted. Money is in the bank. Uh, you can every transfer window improve the team. Um, summer, summer, which is a, the the middle of the season in Finland. Uh, summer transfer window, maybe two, three, four players. Uh, winter time, a lot more. Uh, so I said, ah, fantastic. And I said, that, um, the finances are, are fine. No, don't worry about that. Um, money's in the bank. So I thought that uh, this is a fantastic opportunity. Club that it had not done well, go there, start building it, start developing, work hard, and uh, and with a little bit of luck, get the success and uh, and challenge um, for, the, for the title even, and the European places. And... Uh, I thought that hmm, this this might be the opportunity for me to not to go to the ready table, not to go to the to the most beautiful and fantastic clubs, but chance to build, chance to go and and uh, if you like leave the legacy and you know really make it solid. And uh, five weeks after I signed the contract, the owner pulled the money out from the club. He pulled the money out. He he blamed the the Ukrainian war that his businesses did not do that well because of that so he pulled the money out from the club and and you can you can imagine what two weeks club had two weeks to save it itself um and my friend who was a director started going around helsinki uh begging asking um uh, 10 grand here five grand there and blah 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 and get the money together like that yeah during the season during the season uh so that uh you know, the club wouldn't go bankrupt there and then, like that. So he got the money together and we we were able to play until the end of the season. But the Finland is a large country. We were not able to we're not able to um to travel properly and go day before to the to the to the, to the towns where we played and all that. Uh, instead we were we were straight six hours on the bus and straight to the to the pitch and all that and boys were you know stiff as a board and all that so it wasn't training training grounds uh, we couldn't train where we wanted uh, our usual training ground that changed it was it was so disappointing it was so unprofessional everything and uh, it was a shame because fantastic supported club fantastic supporters and really passionate 
and really good. So um, it was it was a real shame. Um, and and then uh, then um, just before the end of the season, I decided to go because I had I had yeah, don't blame you. <laughs> had enough. I had enough. It wasn't professional. It wasn't what I was promised at all. It was totally opposite. So uh, I resigned. And uh, so that was a that was a real real disappointment. So once that was over, um, I didn't even take the, the the salary, you know, the the, the rest. Uh, although I had worked um, and, and and all that, I said no, don't don't pay me anything. Uh, so so it was um, after that I felt that oh what an experience, and I had been in different countries, cultures, so many different soups, if you like, and. Uh, and then experience like that comes in Finland, where everything is supposed to be tip-top and organized and you can trust people and all that. But that shows you, you never know. Um, so I decided to have a have a little uh, little break um from the from coaching. That fifth time we had a good cup run. We had a we got to the to the semi-final of the of the Finnish FA Cup, uh, which, which was fantastic, great. Um, and uh, and uh, and that was the first time for seventy years, you know, they they reached that those heights. Uh, so so there there were some positives as well, but all in all, it was uh, it was so difficult. Oh, I can uh, imagine, yeah. Like I was uh, one thing quite uh, one thing quite surprises me is the fact that was so there was no investors willing to come forward to buy the club, like no one. and Helsinki club as well. Yeah, and fantastic supporting the country. Yeah, fantastic, brilliant supporters. And everything, you know, um, there's there's a real chance. There was a real chance. Now the club, you know, obviously doesn't uh, exist uh, in terms of football. But uh, um, uh, it was it, it was disappointing. Um, but uh, hey, it happens. It happens. And so, what are you doing nowadays, Maxu? Well, I decided that uh, you know. I, I won't coach for a little while now uh, until the the right opportunity comes, um, and have a wee break. And uh, I've been very fortunate enough uh, to to work for UEFA uh, as a technical observer um, in Champions League, UEFA Champions League, uh, Europa League uh, conference uh, matches. Go there and uh, look at the teams, how they play tactically, um, and uh, and coaching decisions, uh, where the game was won, and and all sorts. Um, and then um, report that back to UEFA, and then the technical report for every tournament is made, you know, uh, according to the technical observers' uh, uh, reports. So that's that's been uh, that's been great. I've, I've also been involved a lot uh, different countries, uh, coach education things, and pro license, uh, doing presentations, doing tasks, um, and 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 sort of that sort of stuff. Been presenting in the UEFA conferences and and. Uh, and uh, and so forth, um, and now now obviously I'm delighted that um, SFA the coaching coaching courses they asked me to to join them as as one of the instructors um, educators. So so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know that'll be interesting. Um, you know meeting young coaches, hopefully helping them, um, and uh, giving my all my my knowledge my experience uh, for the for the young coaches Scottish and and all of the world really they come, uh, but. Uh, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, but you know, my uh, I am quite itchy to get back uh, on the, on the training ground. Like I said earlier, I love training ground. I love being with the players and and really, you know, you know, improve and 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 work it out. So it's um um, but like I said, when the right opportunity comes, but I need to be careful because the last last one was a was a terrible experience. So so um, you know, a little bit. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Whatever. What advice would you give to young coaches coming up in the game? That's a great question. There's so many things. Um, obviously, I think first and foremost, look after the players uh, because the players, in the end of the day, do the job for you. Um, and. Uh, when I say look after the players, make sure there's a positive environment. Make sure there's fun. Make sure there's real motivation. Make sure you as a coach inspire players to develop themselves, to go for things, 
to be a better player. Um, you know, target setting. I love target setting because if you have a vision, then that gives you reason for every day's work. That vision is why I'm working every day my my everything. So it is very important. And of course, the, the game is, although you have fun, but the game is tactical. So you have to marry them both in the right amount, right ratio, so that there's plenty of information and you, you play well and you win matches. And uh, Mixu, uh, who would you say is the best manager you've played against? Played against? Yes, the best manager you've played against. Guardiola. Guardiola? When, was it? when did you play he against played, him? Was it, uh, who was it with? Hips, hips preseason friendly. All oh, right. Uh, hips preseason friendly. Um, 20 minutes played, we were 3-0 down. I wanted the ground to swallow me. You know, they had they had unbelievable team. You know, the Iniesta, Savis, uh, um, Andres, uh, Gudjonsson, uh, you name it, Messi. Um, oh, what a team. Um, Puyol. He was a he was the he was the he was the team that uh, you know won everything. Um, um, fantastic team, but uh, it wasn't nice playing against. <laughs> I can imagine? I can imagine, Mixer. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on VAR? That's like it's quite a big topic nowadays in football. Some some people love it, some people hate it. But what's your opinion on it? On what? Sorry. On VAR. Yeah. Um. I think I would like to give VAR a chance to develop. I really do. I agree. I agree. Um, there's loads of decisions that VAR has corrected. Loads. Mm. Um, and uh, there's also loads of decisions that, uh, you know, final decision has been wrong. And of course, when these things happen, the criticism is huge. Uh, but something has to happen in terms of uh, developing VAR. I think it is it is good that we have that because there's so much money involved in football, um, you know, and things happen very quickly. And so often you see you see something happening. Oh, I didn't see that, and VAR spots that. So I would like to give it. Um, it's not it's not functioning. Well enough at the moment, put it that way. But I would like to give it a chance to develop so it functions um, satisfactory level. The best. But, uh, oh, sorry, on you go. Keep going. No, 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 please. Uh, I was just going to say uh, it was just it was just another question, just off topic. But uh, I, I, um, the best player you played against when you were a player. Oh, directly or in the in the, in the team against me. Yeah, team against you. The best player you've played against, like opposition. Difficult. Mm. Played against uh, West Germany, you know, with with the fantastic teams, uh, players. Played against Holland, Van Basten's, uh, Ruud Hollet, uh, Rijkaard. Uh, Rijkaard put me in his pocket big time, um, and. Uh, I would I would say I would probably say Marco van Basten mm. because he was so fast and he was so clinical and he was he was so technical uh, he had everything it's, it's such a shame that uh, he had to retire so so early but uh, probably him but you know there's so many it's uh, it's difficult and the, the most angriest you've ever got at full time with your team if you can if you can answer that. <laughs> Because I can imagine it'd be quite a few times. It's been, yeah. Um <laughs> most angry. I would say the most angry and disappointed as a player um was when we didn't qualify for the for the playoffs in the World Cup qualifiers. Um we had to we had to win the match against Hungary at home. We were one 0 up. And then injury time, injury time, well past 90th minute, we scored an own goal. And the last five touches of the ball were touched by a Finnish player. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's, oh 
That, I know. <laughs> that is brutal. The, the ball came over Sami Hirupia. I was right behind him. And I headed the ball away from the goal, goal mouth, or six yard box. Hit hit the 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 thigh of our player, went towards our goal from there. The goalkeeper saved it. Um no no. The 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 guy wanted to one of our players tried to clear it from there, hit our player again, hit the goalkeeper, went in. Oh god. <laughs> We didn't get to the playoffs, so um, it was it was like a funeral. The dressing room was quiet. Was oh, it was it was like a morgue. It was terrible. Um, so that 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 tops it. Um, yeah. And the, the final question, uh, Mick, to ask every person that comes on the podcast, this one: uh, Who is better, Ronaldo or Messi? No. Oh. I'll tell you, this can be Bell said Ronaldo. <laughs> It's, it's quite it's quite a it's quite a big debate, so it is, as you know. It's a it's a it's a huge question. What I would say what I would say, um I'd probably go with Ronaldo as well. Good shout, Mixer. Because good he because he um scores headers consistently. He scores free kicks like Messi. He scores Runs behind the line, uh, like Messi. Me- Messi likes those wee combinations, which Ronaldo is not known for. Um, but um, um, it's a very, very difficult question. But I, I would give Ronaldo. Uh, I'm a Ronaldo man as well, uh, Mixu. Yeah, <laughs> the guy. He's my, he's my favourite. <laughs> Love Messi as well, but Ronaldo wins it for me, Mixu. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. No, it's been my pleasure. It's been wonderful talking to you. And fantastic questions, sir. Top man. Thank you. Thank you, Mixer. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score, they are available on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Until next time, take care, and we'll see you soon.